40 years before Bosch put any power tools together and marketed them to the public, Penn Station in New York was built. The story is that this massive and immaculate building was built in only six years. I'm highlighting this point and we'll get to many other buildings showing very similar stories in order to push us into using our reasoning skills. Is it possible that such a magnificent building could be put together so quickly in its entirety with every finishing touch? Now everything I'm about to show you comes from the mud flood theory, which was actually unearthed by flat earthers with all of their research. The interesting thing is there are pictures from around the world of all these buildings that have somewhat similar architecture around the same time period and you will see that a bunch of them have needed excavated from a lot of mud that has covered the ground floor. You'll see many other images that at least cause the question of the way these cities and places were built, or rather potentially discovered, to come into question. We really have to start digging deeper into our history to see what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. Not all of this theory will actually make sense because the more due diligence I've actually done, I've found that there are quite a few errors in the film that I'm going to be going through showing you all of this incredible history and how we could potentially rewrite some of it. So if you're interested, smash that like button, comment below, subscribe to the channel, share the video out far and wide, and get ready for Waking Infinity News. Welcome back to Waking Infinity News. I'm your host, Ben Joseph Stewart. Today, we're going to be talking about the mud flood theory. And this is a theory that was dug up by flat earthers. Actually, I'm going to be showing you a lot of work that was put into a film called The Lost History of Flat Earth. It's a long film, over five hours. It's part one through seven. But as it starts with the mud flood and goes all the way to the moon being a hologram, if you take only the stuff that really makes sense to you and allows you to ask questions, then for all of those of you who are possibly nauseated by flat earth or conspiracy theories in general, you might come to understand that here is something cool about looking into alternative history, looking into conspiracy without being so triggered by feeling like you need to believe something immediately. If you can just hold on, bear with me, I'm going to show you some pictures and tell you the timeline of history that I even gathered from the very conventional Wikipedia that still make you scratch your chin and think, is this possible? Could these cities have been built as quickly as they say they could have? And why in many of these cities will you see no inhabitants at all? It's very interesting. And there's some pictures that are really going to make you scratch your head and wonder, do I know what history really is? Or have I just read the books that I've been told to read and I've come to that herd mentality vision of history? This is going to go quite deep and I'm going to go quite fast. So let's get into it. We're going to start in San Francisco. Wikipedia tells us in 1835, William Richardson, a naturalized Mexican citizen of English birth, erected the first independent homestead. So the first independent homestead was built in 1835. William laid out a street plan for the expanded settlement. 
Mexico officially ceded the territory to the United States at the end of the war in 1848. Despite its attractive location as a port or naval base, San Francisco was still a small settlement with inhospitable geography. So the creator of the film shows us this panoramic picture of San Francisco in 1877 with amazing constructions, yet no people at all. He says the only thing you'll find is this one lone horse. In 1846, there were under 500 Mormon settlers in San Francisco. Between 1848 to 1849, given the name of the San Francisco 49ers, the population grew from 1,000 to 25,000 people during the gold rush. 28 years later, this panoramic picture was taken. The population was supposedly around 200,000 by the time the picture was taken, many of which were not builders, but simply inhabitants of the city. But how in the world could people without power tools, automatic manufacturing, and electric motors build this magnificent city in just 30 years? All the hiccups and obstacles that slow down just about any city planning and building efforts must have been absent here. Is it possible that the population of roughly 200,000 filled with criminals, prostitutes, and gold miners could source all the materials to flawlessly construct this in just 30 short years when the population was still growing from 25,000 to 200,000. Meanwhile, where are all the people? It's a good question, but I did find a discrepancy in the filmmaker's research. He says there's only one horse. I found several more. I also see this one figure here of a person seemingly with some kind of instrument, maybe digging out some mud next to his house. Now, even though this filmmaker missed this, that doesn't mean it's not weird that there aren't any other people. The filmmaker shows that by the shadows on the light poles, this picture was taken midday, not early morning. This place should be bustling with life. Look at how many buildings there are. Look at how pristine the shape of these buildings are. There should be at least a few more humans hanging out on the streets. 200,000 population with all these places to live, places to conduct government, to be entertained and to grab a beer. But besides the boats in the water on the horizon and a few horses and that one human, it's a ghost town. Interestingly, by 1890, San Francisco's population was almost 300,000. Here's San Francisco in 2019 with a population of almost 900,000. It looks a little different, but not by much. Then there was the San Francisco Plague of 1900 to 1904, an epidemic of bubonic plague centered on San Francisco's Chinatown, interestingly enough. And a few short years later, a huge fire devastated the city. I found writings of Jack London talking about San Francisco as it was already built, but still in the early days, and he says nothing of clearing mud, dirt on the roads, or any heavy excavation going on at the time. It's just one author, and I intend to do more research, but after doing my own due diligence, I'm seeing that there might be other explanations. So the very interesting thing is, you see this panoramic picture taken. No people except for maybe that one person, some people in the boats on the horizon, maybe a few others that you're just not seeing because the pixelation, when you zoom in too much, is not letting you really make anything of the rest of the city in the finer detail. But the interesting thing is we don't see 
anything of the city being built. We see drawings of it being built, but the very first picture we see is a completed city with only one person. Interesting. Did they tell everyone else to leave and this is the one guy who didn't leave? Why aren't we seeing anything else under construction? It seems like there's not a single bit of scaffolding anywhere at this point. And in fact, when you look at the picture of the burning city of San Francisco in 1906, then you're actually going to see some scaffolding and some higher buildings being built. Here's an image of an earthquake that hit the city many years later, and the caption underneath even mentions liquefaction. Liquefaction is what happens to the earth when seismic activity hits, and it actually creates a kind of boiling between the water and the sediment, and it causes for a mudslide. So this is something that is well known, and in this area, it could definitely have happened, and maybe that could explain some of the mud in the streets. Maybe there are some other explanations as to why there are no people in San Francisco at this time. So the greater part of the mud flood theory is actually that all around the world in the northern hemisphere, or as the flat earthers would say, closer to the center of the disk, that's where the mud floods seem to have happened. And if you just look at San Francisco, maybe you can just explain it away. Yes, maybe less than 200,000 people did build this immaculate city in that amount of time, and somehow maybe they did get everyone except for that one person to leave. However, the film goes on and it shows you that in Russia, Europe, and throughout North America, you'll see these immaculate buildings, incredibly built buildings to high specification at a time when apparently there weren't that good of builders back then. We don't have enough of an explanation. There weren't power tools. There wasn't this massive infrastructure to bring in all the resources as well. It would have been a lot of horse-drawn carriages and maybe some early railroad shipments. I don't know. But the bottom line is, is as you look, there are many other buildings here that needed to be excavated out. You see, here are some images of early on and the buildings look shorter. After they've been excavated, you see that there's more of the building underneath. How could this have happened? The filmmaker also shows that a lot of these buildings have doors and windows below ground level. Why was that necessary? The filmmaker doesn't believe that it was necessary. They believe that it was just left that way as the ground and earth was paved over instead of completely excavated out. Possible, very possible. Another possibility is that they actually did start digging out basements, but they didn't have excavation tools like backhoes and um, big machinery at that time to be able to create so many basements. So that would have added a lot more work. So again, these are questions that really need to be looked at because it's interesting that you do find all these buildings in the Northern Hemisphere showing that there was a lot of damage, but even here, you will see Washington, D.C. as it's being excavated and several other buildings, as you dig down beneath the surface, you're seeing decorative architecture. You're not seeing just a slab that was put underneath there knowing that it was going to be filled with earth. You're seeing that the buildings actually have the same columns and adornments beneath ground level. 
was there a big mud flood at some point less than 200 years ago where the entire world needed to somewhat repopulate? And again, the filmmaker asks, why in Russia, in Europe, and in North America are all these cities completely vacant? Why is that? And then just a few years later, you'll see that finally then they're bustling with people. But beforehand, it's vacant. How did they get it that way? Were these cities just discovered rather than being built? So I'm going to save the rest of the research for over the deeper dive because there is some pretty good research in this film that I need to get into. A lot having to do with the massive amounts of orphans around the turn of 1800s into the 1900s, massive orphanages that were also built. There could be other explanations, but I'm going to get into some things that will blow your mind over the deeper dive. The main thing I want you to take a look at here is the reason why I bring about all these other theories, mud flood, I even talked about flat earth. I talk about a lot of these conspiracies, not because I wish for you to believe the things that I have come to believe, because I also know that I'm fallible and many of the things I believe will be overturned by future evidence. That's just how it always goes. So the point of all of this is for us to become better scientists, to really take a look at how our reason and our logic allows us to believe certain things about our history, about who we are, about what we're living on, about our human potential. But most people run for the hills. They run screaming or they simply fight, fight, fight at anything that challenges their beliefs. I personally love when my beliefs are rattled by new incoming information. I hope you guys are, guys and gals, are as well because the greatest importance of finding information to the contrary of our beliefs is not the fact that we might have to believe something that's laughable. Forget all about that. The underlying tone of all of this is we are here on Play School Earth to play, to learn, to grow. And that doesn't come by landing on truth and never moving. What it really comes about by is by taking a look at those things that we believe all of those things that we base our actions off of and allowing them to adapt and change with new incoming information. It's a practice. It's not about doing it perfectly. It's about continually refining the process of our own discernment so we can be and live in a world where people have a diversity of different ideas and we can move forward with logic and reason while also being open to the mix of different other realities that people live within. Because I do not believe that harmony is going to come by everybody believing the same external facts about reality. That's not what's actually going to bring harmony. What's going to bring harmony is the practice of listening to things we would prefer not to listen to. To listen to ideas and theories from people that don't really behave the way that we would like them to if we were to go into some kind of discourse. It doesn't mean just because people are angry and they're fighting and they're yelling at us trying to get us to believe their side doesn't mean that their side doesn't have some kind of validity and that validity isn't in a solid truth. That validity is how it could crack us open so we can 
dive deeper into history. And that's what I'll leave you with. My favorite part of looking into Flat Earth and looking into Mud Flood and looking into conspiracies in general is it causes me to actually look at other research. It causes for me to take a look at history. And mind you, as I was looking through the mud flood theory, especially in the early construction of San Francisco, there are a lot of raised questions. But that research also helped me take a look at the research that was done in the mud flood theory and say, not all of that makes enough sense now that I've done my due diligence and I've looked at the construction of San Francisco. There are there's quite a bit of a history there, I should say, and it's very interesting. And when you dig deeply into it, it is possible that the official story actually holds true. The curious thing is now because I've entertained the idea of mud flood, I'm actually open to the idea that history in all of these places needs to be looked at deeper because there are other questions that are popping up for me that weren't exactly landing on the same framework that the mud flood idea would have you land on. So I've said too much. The rest is going to be over at benjosephstewart.com. Please go over there and check out. I'm going to be talking a lot about the orphanages and more about the mud flood theory. Get involved in the discord chat and I'll catch you guys next time on Waking Infinity News. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.